double barrel 12 Stock is cracked and kicks like hell Howdy everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you in episode 80 of Justified Pursuit. 80. Uh, yeah, making progress here. Second Feels like a episode. milestone. Yeah, second episode this week, because uh, there's just so much going on. Riding Shotgun is always the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. Uh, I already asked you in the, the pre-show meet and greet here how you were, and you just kind of went, meh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, life is really good. Um, Catch really, your blessings. Really good. Yes. Every time I get frustrated with things going on at work or in the world, uh, I just try to remember the four gorgeous, smiling uh, young ladies that God helped my wife and I create, two of whom are at camp this week having a ball. You ever heard of the Waldo app? Mm-mm. Else kids? So there's this app called Waldo. Which, <laughs> dude. Are you tracking your uh, kids? Is that what this is? No. It, the, the, well, the camp is. So the app, and uh, it's really, um, it's one of those things that I'm quite torn about. I have a lot of double think about the <laughs> idea of utilizing an app that utilizes facial recognition to identify my kids at camp in order to send me photos of them having fun dude but it sucks because i don't care they can tell me about camp when they get home and... the pictures are great like you don't get to talk to them all week you don't get to see them all week and you get these awesome pictures showing that they are having a ball like genuine just ear-to-ear smiles pictures of riley doing uh you know getting pulled behind an inner tube which pretty sure is the first time she's ever done that and Charlotte getting launched off of a blob and just pictures with them and all these friends they're making. And are they at Pine Cove? Where are they? No, they're at uh, it's the T Bar M camps. Okay. So the I main Pine Cove and Sky Ranch and then youth camp as a kid. I've heard of Sky Dude, Ranch right lately. Those popped into my weeks world today. Were the best weeks of my life. Like as a as a yeah. kid. Like youth yeah. camp with a church group, still some of my best friends to this day were uh, not kids that I went to to high school with it was kids that i grew up in the church with and, yeah um, yeah i mean those were my and then, and then college friends so obviously like yourself um but yeah dude it's uh it's a double-edged sword here we are decrying this kind of technology on yeah. one hand and then be like boy it's cool to see my daughter having so much fun at camp right <sighs> yeah. can't stop pro- progress though yeah i uh the mental gymnastics I mean, going on in your head right now. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to square the circle for sure. But it's like um, they're going, their faces are being captured by all kinds of recordings all the time. Mm. So like if I didn't sign up for this app, it wouldn't change the reality of the fact that their faces are going to be recognized by some damn government database anyway. So yeah. But anyway, so two of them are at camp having a blast. Uh, the other two are home. They started vacation Bible school yesterday. Ashley's uh, volunteering at VBS three days. It's really cool. Sweet. Because um, there was a whole bunch of 
turnover at our church right before we got there. So like we started there in 2019 and our, the new head pastor had only been in place for less than a year when we got there. The guy he took over for had built our church Hmm. um, and went to Lake Travis Methodist. Um, So, and then, you know, eight months later or whatever COVID hit, everything got severely disrupted. So there was a, a lull there where the, uh, there was really no leadership of our children's ministry. So our Sunday school program had like two volunteers that were having to do every single Sunday. Uh Um, there was really no structure at all. There was nobody in charge, right? It was basically just like an hour of daycare. And last year, um, our, our youth pastor asked Ashley and I to take part in, uh, basically the, the search committee for a new children's ministry director. Mm -hmm. Um, we had, four or five candidates, I think. And, um, ultimately what we ended up doing was <clears throat> there's this, there's this, it's weird how they would ask actual parents to be involved in the search of someone that's going to take care of the parents, <laughs> kids, right? <laughs> Everybody involved was a parent. That's odd. Uh, a couple of them were parents of kids who were no longer in the youth. In the, in it's the not a transgender ministry, teacher that they're asking to conduct the search. Right. None weird. That's that's yeah, that's not happening. And I, you know, I I think our church is a pretty welcoming place, but yeah, yeah, no. Um also very traditional in the right kinds of ways. Anyway, um what we ended up doing was kind of collectively convincing the church that it really should be two jobs. Uh, because there were two candidates. One is this lawyer, this lady who's an attorney um uh with, with a huge organization, uh in-house counsel. She's like type A button down, like a, what I like to call a, a get S done kind of person. Mm-hmm. And the other lady is awesome, fun, uh, very musically oriented, very, uh, man, she spoke at church the other day, the other day, it's been a couple months back. And I just had, I was blown away by it. like, she's funny. She's witty. She like in brief interactions with her out in front of the church she's this bubbly personality that i don't know how to say it i don't certainly don't want to sound rude but you just it's just you get the slightest surface level of the depth of this woman right like Mm. she's just like the fun chick it seems at a glance right who's just like the kids love her um and she's definitely a devout woman of faith right but then when she spoke to the church like I knew she was a musician, right? And then this entertainer side of her came out where she was hilarious, but also like deep, deep, deep in her theology. Um, So anyway, point being like, she's more outside the box, less type A, right? So together we felt like, man, they could really build a pretty awesome children's ministry, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway. Long and short of it is they had, they're having vacation Bible school for the first time in three, four years, I guess. And oh, wow. Looks like it's a smash. So yeah, cool. big, big progress. Kids. And it was really, it was really rewarding to be part of getting to help, um, get that train back on the tracks. So anyway, yeah, VBS, I remember being awesome and doing, I think the things that I remember like the arts and crafts and playing kickball. Um, <laughs> but again, 
those lifelong friendships forged at, you know, grade school levels, um, in a church setting, you can't beat it. And our kids go, I think first week of, uh, no, third week of June, they're going to vacation Bible school at our church. Um, so what's going on in the world today? Why do we feel like we need to have two shows this week? Dude, the second amendment stuff is insane. And I'll start across the border because Trudeau used the tragedy in Uvalde to tighten up his uh, status as an absolute tyrant because, you know, Canadians already have very strict gun laws, Chisholm, like to own a handgun. It's like a two-year permitting process. And uh, he just basically said, we're no longer going to allow the sale transfer importation nothing no handguns period why did he do that it's a rhetorical question because he can because canadians don't have the arsenal to protect themselves against a tyrannical government i mean the the trucker we had on the show perfect example of we need to bring him back and have him tell us what's been going on since the crackdown on their movement yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's see here. Give me your thoughts on that. I'm going to queue up that audio from Trudeau's. Uh, sorry, but here. No, Chisholm, you're actually supposed to talk while I'm doing that. What am I supposed to talk about? I'm sorry. You said you <laughs> my bed. Something all I'll land over here. Uh, well, I was looking something up that. All right, here we, so I, here we go. So I. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. So there's that. And then I heard in the same breath that he's legalizing cocaine this week. Did you hear that? No, I hadn't seen that one. That's um, cool. We're going to ban handguns and legalize cocaine together yeah interestingly i took a neuroscience class in college and there was a whole you know month of the course roughly i want to say it was about the month where we went through several different street drugs and their impacts on your physiology and brain physiology in particular and i was surprised at the time to learn that pure cocaine um is one of the most harmless drugs there is Mm -hmm. uh it's actually not addictive Um, people get it like i guess like pot people get addicted to the feeling of it right but they don't you don't go into like severe withdrawals like you do with heroin when you stop doing blow right um, there's really no like after effects. It's like supercharged caffeine in all reality. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So you there. agree with the decision from Canada. It's a great thing. I'm pretty libertarian. <laughs> I'm, no, really. I'm, I'm pretty libertarian on. I've seen, I've had friends that have had to go to rehab for that stuff. Don't so, get me wrong, dude. It can like ruin I, your life, but so can opiates that are prescribed to you. Right. Yeah. So can booze, which if you're 21, you can just walk in and buy more people have died and gone and or gone to, 
gone to uh, rehab over alcohol abuse than cocaine abuse. I would. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Far more well, people have died. Like there's orders no- of like multiple, many, okay. like a okay. like an order of magnitude, order of magnitude. I, I agree with you, but alcohol is readily available and it's not illegal. That's my point. Okay, well, why? so if you make why, why is legal, cocaine? then you're going to have the same effect. You're just going to have more people, you know, strung out on cocaine. If it's like, oh, I can just go to the store and get cocaine. Uh, why are you like- allowed to kill yourself with alcohol, but not allowed to kill yourself with cocaine? And my point is, cocaine doesn't kill you. Pure cocaine, I don't even think you can OD on it. It's been 20 years since I took that class. I'm pretty sure you can. I don't think so, it, dude. It not by just will make snorting. your heart stop. Yeah. Pretty sure. When yeah. you mix it with other crap like speed balls, like uh uh please audience be ad- ad- advised that Chisholm is not a doctor and we- he might be speaking out of his <laughs> ass here. So uh stay off the cocaine. It's uh it's better for your health that way. Listen, I'm not advocating cocaine by any stretch of the imagination. I don't use cocaine, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so I think the more I'm just making a point Chisholm is actually he's got thousands of dollars invested in future cocaine startup companies. I'm already. just I'm just making a like. point that if you can that there is there is no worse drug. I want to see your for, stock portfolio. There is sir. no worse drug for your health. There is no worse drug when it comes to getting off of and the severe ramifications. Dude, alcohol is one of only two drugs that will can kill you from from withdrawals, right? There is no worse drug for domestic abuse, for ruining lives. There's there's nothing. None of these other drugs compare to alcohol. They just don't. So my point is, why is alcohol okay and legal when something like cocaine, which is far less harmful to your body, is not? That's the only point I'm making. Okay. All right. I I agree that cocaine is potentially less harmful for your body. I don't agree with the fact that you can't get addicted to it and that we're not going to see more people addicted to it if we just say, oh, yeah, cocaine is now legal. So we'll see where that goes. Good job, Canada. Uh, Handguns, illegal cocaine for everyone. Uh, Okay, that leads us to our next sound clip from those blowhards over at The View. And the ratings suck. Not many people watch Whoopi and Company anymore, but some people do. And the ones that do probably believe what these morons are spewing. There's a lot to unpack here. I'm going to go ahead and play it. What are we doing? Because we're, we're, why are we always at square one with this? And I swear to God, if I see another Republican senator talk about their heart being broken, I'm going to go punch somebody. And thoughts and I, I can't take it in their thoughts and prayers. Yeah. If your thoughts and prayers were really with everybody, you'd have done something by now. It's not like anybody's not trying to make this happen. What the hell is going on? I want them to stop gaslighting me also. Stop saying it's not, it's <laughs> not guns that kill Joy. people. It's people that kill people. It's guns that kill people. Okay? Stop saying the opposite. So we'll start with Whoopi, who decries gun violence in the same breath as saying she's going to punch someone. Did, was that uh, ironic to you? Uh, the whole thing was, the whole thing was leftist, contradictory, double thing <laughs> nonsense. I, I, dude, I like. Uh, thank God, only like three hundred thousand people in America watch that stupid ass show. There's got to be. Can we look that. that up? How can they only have three? No. How can they even still be on the air? You can't even pay those bit. I almost said a bad word. Those women's salaries <laughs> with only three hundred thousand viewers. 
That's insane. Okay. I, mean, I guess you so that's can the first if thing. you're what are they on? They're on a regular network, yeah, like, right? Yeah. And you're so, trying to promote an agenda and you don't really what care if, about uh, the profitability conservative of the show. says I'm going to punch someone the next time I hear someone say something pro abortion. Like which is also ironic. They're they're uh they care about only they only care about born children, about children outside of the womb. That that's when they start caring. And I'm at the old fetus. Eh, doesn't matter. Uh, then the next thing she said, um, that conservatives basically don't care that if they say we're thinking about these people, our hearts go out to them. They don't mean it because they still want to have the right to protect themselves against a tyrannical government. Uh, and then she throws it over to joy who i think this was the best part of the whole clip is that uh people don't kill people chisholm guns kill people and that means with that logic that uh you know drunk drivers don't kill people cars do and uh terrorists don't kill people bombs do the, the yeah. logic there dumb. is it's insanity. It's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. When that woman said, people don't, people, dude, I watched a guy, which I think was on CNN, one of those networks. I watched a clip of a newscaster arguing with an NRA representative for the record, just interestingly. The NRA guy happened to be a black man. So was mm-hmm. the so was the newscaster. <clears throat> that's not really not that's really neither here nor there, other than just to point out that you know the left likes to try to make it out as though uh, it's only white men who would be part of the NRA, and here was a black mm-hmm. man defending the NRA and, and gun ownership. He mentioned something about the mental health crisis, and this idiot from CNN sat there and argued that there's no evidence. There's no evidence that the shooter in Uvalde had a mental health problem. And I wanted to scream at the television, what about the 19 dead 10-year-olds? Those aren't evidence that this person was a friggin' psychopath? Who else do you know that doesn't have a mental disorder, just shoots granny in the face before they go on killing? It's de facto evidence that this person is sick, horribly sick. Of course, then it subsequently, subsequently came out that he had, you know, filled his various social media feeds with pictures of him carrying bags of dead cats. So um, does that qualify? The 19 dead kids didn't qualify for this idiot on CNN. Maybe the bag full of dead cats does. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I had this interesting conversation with my mother-in-law after this happened. And keep in mind that my mother-in-law is a kindergarten teacher at a private school in North Texas. And so she said, what do you, what do you think should happen? She said, something has to be done. And I said, yeah, okay. I want to believe that, that there could be some kind of common ground. But the problem is, is that if you, if you go down that rabbit hole, you're opening up this can of worms that once they get their foot in the door, dude, they're just going to kick it open. It's in, in Canada is the playbook. Like, look at what's happened there over the last 30 years to their gun rights. 
and you'll see that there is no there's no gray area. The only thing that I I said that I would even consider is if you because it, it does seem like okay, the Columbine kids, uh, certainly the Virginia Tech shooter, this guy I'm probably missing another one, eighteen and nineteen year old kids, you know, are sometimes committing these atrocities. Maybe you could raise the, raise the uh, the minimum age to twenty one. And she's like, well, how can you have someone serve in the military? I was like, that's a great point. And I would give a military exemption. If you're serving, you can own whatever. doesn't matter. I don't know if that would help. I'm almost not even willing to concede that. Um, but, but the reality is that 18 and 19 year olds have committed these crimes. So I don't know what the answer is, but, uh, and, and I've tried to be, I was trying to be respectful of the fact that she's a teacher and and she's just like, well, how can you, why don't you care about these kids? My response to that is, okay, I care about my kids so much that I'm not willing to leave a cesspool of a country behind as my legacy. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to do that because if, if I give up my guns, what am I leaving my kids? I'm leaving them a damn sure future in a, some socialistic country like every other country that I would never want to live in. And I don't want to do that. The one thing that separates our country from every other country on the face of this earth is the second amendment. That's it. The only thing. What does she think about that? She didn't really have a response to that. I mean, she's just kind of like, well, we have to just do something. And that's generally what everyone says. We have to do something. I don't right. think that there's anything that can be done. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it would be other than to attempt to confiscate every AR-15 in America. And if you did that, this kid could just have easily taken a Glock with a belt full of mags and done the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right? The And to your point where you started, that's the reason why the Canadian move this week Trudeau's move to ban handguns is very instructive here. They have made the AR-15 or, you know, more broadly the idea of, quote, assault weapons. Their anchor for gun control, right? Because they look scary and they, you know, they, they have high capacity magazines. And by and large, when more than, uh, you know, a handful of people are shot by any one individual, they're doing it these days with a, an AR-15, right? But you and I know that's just a semi-automatic rifle. Mm. I could do something very comparable with the 243 I grew up with that ha had a five-round magazine and was a semi-automatic rifle. It was actually more powerful than the 223, which is the caliber of an AR-15. Which I'm sure everybody who listens to this show knows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so you take them all away. We've talked about this. What, did, what do they do in London when they take away the guns? They start stabbing people. So, what did they do when they took away your pocket knife? They started running you over with cars. Right. They yeah, don't want to talk about the real problem here because they think, as I've said before, that you can nerf the world by robbing everybody else of their Second Amendment rights to protect kids from the one in 50 million psychopath 
that yeah. does these things, right? The, Do you know the stats? You know on... the statistics. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, let me say it. What? Two percent. Two percent of all gun deaths are from AR mass shootings, which a mass ninety-five uh, from AR is defined. Yeah, mass shooting is defined as where two or more people are killed. So, two percent are killed in mass shootings, and that's even more. You know, you got that's convoluted because uh, a gang shooting in Chicago where two people was killed is also defined as a mass shooting, which that means probably 99% of all homicides are committed with handguns, but right. let's ban AR-15s. <laughs> right. Because no. you can look at an AR-15 and you can convince a non-gun person there's no need for this. Right? You don't really... You certainly don't need to hunt with an AR-15. It doesn't make a great hunting rifle by and large unless you're trying to mow down pigs. Which I did right? last week with an AR-15. It was yeah. awesome. Um, it's not ideal by any stretch for everyday carry. Um, it's probably not even ideal for home protection, to be honest. Uh, some people would say that it is. If you're highly trained with it, maybe so. I'd rather have a shotgun. Can, a shotgun or my handgun. Mm -hmm. You know? my you know you're not talking about huge spaces i can i can punch center mass at 20 20 yards with my 40 caliber lock all day and there's not a space in my house that's farther than 15 20 yards right it, not even close mm -hmm. 10 right <clears throat> all that i'm risking with a 223 is putting bullets through my walls into the next room what i i would love to hear from k and anybody else is like what do you think should be done? Do you think just taking away everybody's AR-15s is sufficient? Maybe I think maybe I got to her when I said, what am I leaving my kids if I give up my guns, okay? Like, because it's, it's no future. There's no future there. We're not the America that you grew up in or I grew up in. If we do that, we're not. And uh, I want to play this clip next. Because this was that cockroach that Texans can't get rid of, Beto, Robert Francis, O'Rourke. Because they're designed to kill humans in that high-impact, high-velocity round. We'll just tear up everything inside. You'll bleed out before we can get you back to life. Um, but I don't think that the people who have them right now in civilian use should be able to keep them. But I don't think that the people who have them right now in civilian use should be able to keep them. Yeah, I put that last part on a loop just so we could all hear it again. Let it really hit home. Uh, he's not talking about the prevention of selling AR-15s. He's talking about gun confiscation. And that cockroach is, again, he's like, okay, failed Senate run, failed presidential run, now pending failed gover uh, governor run. Like, we can't get rid of this guy. He's like uh, cancer, just slowly eating away at the fabric of, of Texas society. So what? He's like Kamala Harris to me. Keep talking, Beto. I, I keep I talking. That there's no. Do you think this dude is right? going to convince 51 percent of Texans to follow his lead? Hell no. No. He's going to have people coming out of the woodworks to vote against his dumbass. The people uh, who believe what he says believed what they said last Monday. Believes the people who believes his t who agree with Beto had this that point of view prior to the Uvalde shooting, and they will continue to have that point of view. 
I think there's people like my my mother-in-law who's this this thing is really playing on their heartstrings and it's like now I don't think that she's gonna vote. I have no doubt for Beto. I don't that's there's my no point. Way. Is she gonna become a single voter issue, voter person? Is no. she going to let this one very emotional tragedy cause her to vote against all other principles that she's ever had? I don't think that she, that, that will happen. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, dude, as horrible and sad as this is. This thing will be an afterthought by November. It'll be an afterthought by the 4th of July. Hey, I'm going to say People something. People are going to move on from it. Very. There were no strangers to conspiracies on this show, but uh, <laughs> I don't uh-huh. think that these are going to slow down before the election, dude. I, I think that the gun thing. Yeah, it be, seems pretty clear that there's. Yeah, there's a, a wave, a movement afoot. I did see someone bring up an interesting point like maybe we're seeing more of these mass shootings because of mental instability from lockdowns so i don't you know there's it's just an interesting thing to think about because we know that it wasn't good for, especially for young people's mental health uh not being able to see your friends not being able to play sports not being able to go to your high school graduation to your prom all these things dude horrible like we had on uh the hunter chef uh michael hunter from canada he said his kid is laying in the floor crying in their apartment because he can't go outside and play with his friends yeah dude that absolutely could be what is happening Mm. um it could be that these sorts of things happen and and every now and then to distract us from all the other dumb crap that the government is pulling. They decide to bombard us with the news about it. Mm-hmm. And it could be that somebody with an agenda brainwashed this kid to do it. And I'm not joking. The, I, facts, I the facts to date about this incident in Uvalde should get, give any free-thinking person with a brain some real pause. It is just as likely to me that somebody got to that kid and helped train and facilitate this behavior as it is that he was just a crazy person who went completely off the rails. No sign of mental uh, health issues though, according to the left. Um, What do you, we haven't talked about this, the response by the police officers there. Goodness gracious. I'm saying like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who told them to stand down and when in the history, who in the hell have cops told 18 police officers, to stand down and to tackle parents and hold them down and hogtie them to keep them from going in to save their kids. I saw one lady got out of the uh, zip ties. Or yeah, got in there and grabbed two kids and got back out. Yeah. Right. A mom. Like, yeah. And now the Uvalde Police Department is no longer, no longer, a, you know, working with state authorities. Yeah. Dude. There's a huge scandal here. Dude. I'm not sitting here telling people that I'm convinced of anything other than the fact that I don't know a damn thing. Anybody who thinks that our government, local, state, federal, is above reproach when it comes to a coordinated, a coordinated conspiracy has not done their research and yeah. not read about history. They used, in 1971... The Black Panther Party of California took long guns to the Capitol in Sacramento 
and had a peaceful demonstration. 100% within their legal rights. They carried guns in inside the Capitol and all across the Capitol grounds, slung over their shoulders in a silent protest against police brutality, particularly in the city of Oakland. And the next day, the politicians of California moved forward with the most restrictive gun regulations at the time in American history. Mm. Took away Californians' rights to do just that from a peaceful demonstration. Yeah. Uh, whether this, this week- was, whether, whether this is a false flag operation, you know, whether the Uvalde police were told to stand down by somebody who wanted to see chaos in order to prop, you know, in order to drive an, an agenda from it, or whether it's just straight opportunism. I, I don't know the answer, but I know that, just look up like MK Ultra and all of the evidence that shows that basically the CIA created Charles Manson, right? And, and facilitated it. Hell, let's get a little bit more current. How about the fact that police in Miami were instructed by the feds to stand down with regards to Jeffrey Epstein? That man was arrested and attempted to be charged by Florida officials 20 years ago for trafficking minors. And the Mm. case was dropped and he continued to do so for the next two decades. That's a fact. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's not something you have to dig into the darkest resources of the internet to find. When he was arrested, every major news outlet in America talked about all that for like 72 hours. And then like a muzzle gag order was placed over everybody. And then Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Yeah. State officials, local officials were told to let this man off. And when they were asked about it, their only response they could summon was it came from above my pay grade. We will find out more about you, Baldy. I don't know, dude. I don't think we will. I think what we know right now is all we're ever going to know. No, and everybody connect the dots. will have questions. And those who don't use their brain and ask questions will be convinced that um, it's the AR-15's fault. So going back to the, uh, the Trudeau, Trudeau thing, I wanted to read this because it's a Canadian's perspective on, on what's going on there. And I think it's important as kind of a very clear warning of, hey, if you go down this road, America, this is what you can look forward to in the future. Um, and this guy, Tom, wrote, first of all, Trudeau is a queef. Okay, that's not necessary, but he is. Secondly, Canadians could get their restricted firearms license to purchase handguns, but it's a separate course from the long arms PAL course. One thing about having a restricted firearms license in Canada, so basically any pistol, uh, and being a registered restricted firearms owner is that just by having the restricted license tagged to your name, the police can enter your home without a warrant and search your house without a warrant at any point they feel there's a need to do so. That's a fact that most people don't seem to ever bring up. Basically, if you take responsibility to be a safe, registered, restricted firearms owner, you drop your guard big time. And you can't take your handgun to the bush and shoot it off. 
has to be at the range. You have to apply to get it into a range prior to going. That's how it is in BC. Basically a hassle to have a handgun. Can't carry it. Can't take it camping. Can't use it for home defense because it has to stay locked in a safe. Can't say no to cops unlawfully entering your home because you're a registered owner. List goes on. I wish we had the second amendment here in Canada. Yeah. Sucks for y'all. I guess cops can't cops can just enter your house because you are a registered gun owner. Also, New York I hate State. This so much, dude. I hate. I know, but we have to talk about it. So I know you hate it. I hate it too, but we have to talk about it. And uh, New York, in response to Uvalde, uh, New York, the state of New York, has proposed a bill that would require any semi-automatic handgun or weapon, excuse me, rifle, handgun, shotgun, to be registered. And here's the cool thing, Chisholm, that expires every five years and you have to renew your registry. So I got one more piece of audio from our fearless commander in chief. Let's take a listen to Sleepy Joe. I can't make any of this out. Is this the nine millimeter thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, there's a helicopter. Yeah, basically, basically the president went from the assault rifle thing to how we maybe shouldn't have nine millimeters because a nine millimeter bullet will blow your lungs out of your body, he claimed. But meanwhile, if you're shot with a 22 caliber handgun. They can handgun, dig the bullet out and save your life. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, he, then he says the idea that the Second Amendment, you know, he says that the Second Amendment was never absolute. The Second Amendment was never absolute. And I'm going to go ahead here as uh, I know that you hate this topic, Chisholm, but as <laughs> As gun owners, it's very important that we talk about it. I know, man. I just, I just, I, dude, I don't know if I've just lost connection with reality or if I've just finally found my connection to reality, but I just, I don't, I don't believe these things happen randomly. Some of mm-hmm. them probably, some, some of them probably happen randomly, but I think sometimes they're, yeah, gang shootings, dude, drive-bys in listen, Chicago. That's more random. Uh, for sure. When, when, Fits when, of rage. When you, when you, you kill look, your lover and her, her, you know, her new, uh, lover. Yeah, that's all. The kid, the kid in Florida, at um, what was the name of that school? I don't. Uh, I should. I don't remember though. I had it last night. I was thinking about it, but the, the kid that shot up the school in Florida a few years ago was on the FBI's radar. This guy who shot up a grocery store in Buffalo the other day. On the FBI's radar, no, that dude was out right. on like, like he. They knew that he. He was talking issues. to feds. Yeah, he was talking to feds. He it has been reported been that he had told an ex-federal agent what he was planning to do. This kid that we're talking about in Uvalde has a track record, a published online track record of telling people he was going to shoot up a school. Like I said, killing kittens by the bag full, right? Which, you know, what we probably, what we very may very may well end up from all this is red flag laws. Oh, yeah. You, okay. <clears throat> you just made me think of something else. Well, very and, important. 
what I'm describing would be a basically red flag law type, you know, thwarting of someone based on the stuff they say online, right? Mm. That's the slipperiest slope I can imagine. Yes, which makes me think of this other part of the conversation with my mother-in-law. And I can't believe I just left this out. So she said, well, what about uh, like a mental health check? And I said, well, we already have, and people don't realize like when you go buy a gun, they do a background check on you every time. Yeah, so we already kid, have that. This kid had background checks to buy yes, that AR-15. I know. But she said, well, what about a, a mental health check? And I said, here's why I can't support that is because who enforces it? And what are the rules? Like, okay, Cable, you're trying to buy this handgun. But we saw what you said about President Biden on your social media account. Right. And we don't think that uh, you fit the bill of, as someone who needs a firearm because we we think you're mentally unfit. Like I said, it's the slipperiest slope. Yeah. So that, that was the other thing. And probably the main point. I was like, I just can't. There's no way. So Joe Biden, the Second Amendment is not absolute. That's how he ended that little clip there. I don't know how anyone can interpret the Second Amendment as anything other than absolute. It was written in 1789, ratified in 1791. And it says, and it's very short. And people act like this is uh, some ancient scroll that was buried away and that that we can't find, we can't access. It's everywhere. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's it. It's very short and to the point. It doesn't say anything about home defense. Doesn't say anything about hunting. It says being necessary to the security of a free state. A well-regulated militia. Listen, man, the reality is that at least half of American society will dismiss the Second Amendment out of hand because they don't believe that a well-regulated militia is no, any longer necessary. <laughs> I can't think that it's ever been of a time where it's ever been more necessary. Than Obviously. Looking back over the last two years. That's right. I said that exact same thing last night. Look back over the last two years, and if you can't see why privatized gun un- <clears throat> uninfringed gun ownership is crucial then you're the blind leading the blind rogan had a rant about this the other day man oh, i wish i had it ready to, sh- to play dude i saw that and twitter twitter took it down twitter or took they, it down yeah they did they censored it let me see if i can track it down real quick it was on my instagram feed last night but i listened to it but he basically says exactly this in the wake of this god-awful, terrible tragedy. Uh, I cried, dude. I cried for those people. I did. As a parent, I was listening to one of our favorite radio stations, The Ticket in Dallas, in uh, the morning. Uh, one of the morning co-hosts read a letter from a teacher talking about how does she address her class of third graders the next day when they're asking her. And just she said she'd never been felt more helpless and I teared up dude I there's a part I think of being staunch 
Second Amendment supporters that makes us look calloused in the you know in the face of these tragedies. It's far from that, dude. It's far from that. The amount of people and bloodshed that the amount of loss of life that will occur if they try to take our guns away. These mass shootings are going to pale in comparison to that. Well, I think, you know, we talk a lot about the possibility of this country breaking up. I think it becomes clearer and clearer all the time that if it does, this will be the, this will be the issue. Um, people will bicker and, and, and sort of self sort over abortion and, and uh, transgender and, you know, whatever else. Right. Mm. Um, to your point though gun confiscation is something that i think in this country a lot of people will fight about and it'll be the guys with the guns doing it um i don't see it coming to that my hope and prayer is that if it ever came close it would just be like okay let's just agree like west coast you'll give up your guns start your own thing East Coast, you'll do the same. Us here in the kind of middle and Gulf states and all that, we'll keep our arms and we'll have our own deal. And um, I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Uh, you know, I, if we go further along, I start to think it sounds preferable. Mm-hmm. Um, the independent, sovereign nation of Texas sounds pretty damn good right now. I'm not against the Okies and, you know, I think that. Yeah, uh, no, I think a, a great Midwest, a, a great would country fine. would be like, would be like Nebraska, Kansas, Texas, Arkansas, skip, Louisiana, skip and the Gulf states. Yeah. I found that a video. Let me play this real quick. I got so many thoughts. So this country has a mental health problem disguised as a gun problem. And that's what it is. It's, yeah. the, there's, there's so many guns. There's more guns than there are people. It's not a, I don't think it's a gun situation. And I don't think you can change the fact that there's, and I don't think it's wise to take the guns away from the people and leave all the power to the government. We see how they are even with an armed populace. They still have a tendency towards totalitarianism and the more increased power and control you have over people the easier it is for them to do what they do and there's a natural inclination when you are a person in power to try to hold more power and acquire more power and it's never there's never an inclination to give more power back to the people to give more freedoms back to the people freedoms lost are rarely regained like joe's sounded like a prophet there anybody who thinks that joe rogan uh is a puppet who's now being told what he's allowed to say that should be pretty definitive proof that that ain't the case yeah because that was a pretty hard uh, which, which you've wavered on a little bit lately like some of some of the stuff that he's well saying. you know dude uh, there's there are times where i think he self-censors to a degree hmm. but we all do right i mean not on this podcast can't totally blame him for not wanting to take the hellish heat that he takes all the time anyway but then the reality is like i had you listen to that you know episode right after the racism thing busted loose where he got dave smith on and they went right at every single golden calf that they tried to kill him with everyone right Mm -hmm. he 
I don't think he self-centers because somebody's telling censors because he's being told to. If and when he self-censors, it's because he's trying to be thoughtful and cautious with his words. So I talk about MoFax a lot. Most important podcast ever created. Mo played the full background behind. Okay. When, when the racism thing on Rogan came up, they hit him with two, two kind of, well, there was a montage of him using the N word out of context. Mm-hmm. But then there was also this clip where he talked about going and watching the movie, the planet of the apes at a theater in a predominantly black neighborhood. Right. If you listen to that whole bit, that whole, which, which is what Mo did. Mo played that whole thing. Now Mo was playing it straight down the middle. He knows Joe Rogan's not racist, right? But he played this whole clip to show Joe had every reason to feel real bad about the way that conversation played out. Yeah. It was not good. It was really not good. I won't get into the details. It's still we out on the internet. Talked about it on the show. Joe, well, he took that down, right? So like when he first came out on Instagram and apologized and said, if people are calling you a racist, that means you effed up. My initial reaction was, no, it does not, Joe. It does not mm. mean that. And I don't think he meant that the way he said it. I think he realizes because he, he took that episode off the air, off the internet, like 15 years, years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was years. That thing was in like 2007. He took it off like immediately when he listened back to it because he was high and drunk, hanging out with a, fr- a friend of his who's another comedian cutting up right and being way too loose and honestly dude being like kind of subtly racist that doesn't make him a racist but the way he was talking it's hard to argue sort of right. it sounded it sounded racist right so he'd already known he'd screwed up as far as that goes yeah. anyway you know lately as always he's been critical of vaccines and critical of vaccines for kids in particular and yeah all the same stuff that's gotten him in trouble for the last two plus. So years. here's the question: Now that he's a Texan tra- or Texas transplant, and w- knowing what he just said about the guns, he ain't voting for Beto. No. So is no he voting? Way. Or will he just do his typical? He Joe talks Rogan, about Abbott. I'm going to vote independent again. He has m- said many times that he has met Greg Abbott become friendly with Greg, Greg Abbott and thinks Greg Abbott is a great guy. He has talked specifically about how Greg Abbott educated him on how George Soros has been funding these left-wing progressive district attorneys all across the country, like Chesa Boudin in San Francisco and that gal in Chicago whose name is escaping me, but the one who you know wanted to try to let uh, Juicy Smollett off. Mm. Like, Joe has several episodes talked about learning from Abbott about the nefarious funding of these wild ass leftists by George Soros. So I, have a I don't know that he'll tell us who he's going to vote for, but I would bet money when he goes in and pulls his lever or punches his, whatever the hell it even works these days, taps the digital screen. So he'll be voting for Abbott for government. Abbott has made me think of, this other thing that's been driving me crazy. Is there a formula company called Abbott? Yeah. Abbott labs. Yes. Okay. That wasn't a confusion. I saw your, your post about that and I, I thought maybe it was a joke, but no, yeah. The place is called Abbott labs. It's like the, 
there's only like three companies in America that make 90 something percent of the formula and they're the biggest. Mm -hmm. But instead of worrying about our own babies, we're sending, here's the irony of the world we live in today. Instead of worrying about our own formula shortage, we're sending $40 billion to the Ukraine to essentially arm their population people while we're trying to take our own guns away from our citizens. I mean, this is like, wow, dude. I mean, you're, you're, you're searching for logic from the left. And I've told you a million times, they specifically denounce the concept of logic because it's mm. just a tool of Western patriarchal oppression. So they don't have to make sense. My, uh, my Facebook page, they don't have to make been, sense. Isn't it a brilliant shadow ban and suppressed? And most of my content reaches like a fraction of a percentage of the actual followers. And so I had this one uh, comment yesterday. It's been like the most traction I've gotten on a, on a post in a long time. And I said, uh, hey, everybody, be sure to change your U- Ukraine flags to rainbow flags today. Uh, we'll let you know when the next virtual thing is that you need to support. Oh, it got shared so many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good one we will let you know when the next thing is and uh, I think that's a good place to stop unless you have anything else I have lots of stuff alright well let's keep going um, we started with Canada and Trudeau's authoritarianism did you see that this week Scotia Bank, the largest bank in Canada has issued a formal apology for freezing the accounts of the, uh, the oh, truckers. Man. Yeah. That's a big deal, man. I had noticed until this week, I had had the thought multiple times in the last call it month. Where the hell has Trudeau gone? Like we weren't hearing anything about Canada after the crackdown on the trucker convoy, the freedom convoy, whatever they called it. Mm-hmm. Did you, I mean, did you notice that other than that one, which I think we talked about one week where he went to Europe to the UN and got chastised vehemently by a couple of specifically German, one lady in particular, German uh, parliamentarians for being, you know, basically a dictator. Like that's the only thing I had heard about Trudeau until this week when he said he was going to take away guns. Mm. I think there's a reason for that. I think that, I think that, that was so wildly unpopular that they all had to sort of lay low, which is interesting because now he's making this move to take away handguns. And my guess is a lot of the same people who were riled up about the convoy are going to be pretty riled up about that. Um, but anyway, it, it definitely indicates that Scotiabank, they're apologizing for a reason, I guess is my point. They seem to have taken some major heat in the last six plus months that caused them to rethink their actions there. Um, Hmm. So that's a good thing. Um, Getting back to the view, I looked it up earlier. They get about 2.9 million a week and it's a five day a week show. So yeah, like half a million people watch that show on a day. That's terrible. I can't believe they're still in the air. Right. Well, it's garbage. But they give us good talking points. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was talking about the other day when I, you know, when I cite to MSNBC or Joy Reid or any, I'm like, nobody even watches this crap. Why does it matter? Why does the right, why do conservatives, whatever the hell, why do reasonable people let themselves get wrapped around the axle of those idiots? Because nobody watches them. 
Well, I think it's important to know what the enemy is saying. Yeah, well, the problem is that it represents they represent what the government is trying to do, regardless of what. Okay, well, that's American. Right. It like. If they're the talking the polling, the the polling shows it right. 60 percent of Americans don't like anything that this government is trying to do. And if MSNBC and, you know, Joy, you know, Joy Behar and all these people are the the mouthpieces for this government. And that means that almost two thirds of people can't stand them. And it's not surprising that they draw a five hundred thousand dollar five hundred thousand person per day viewing. So to your point, they're not influential. But they are representing what we're trying, what the government's trying to force down our throat. So it, it's not, it's not irrelevant by any stretch. Hmm. This gun thing, it, it's really, it's really. Oh, hey, did you see Kamala Harris cracking up about droughts in California? <laughs> let's uh, let's check in on Kamila real quick. Right. And now it's time for Kamila's corner. That's a huge. By the way, to the guy who had the uh, comment about the pronunciation of Kamila, thank you for chiming in. <laughs> Kami, Kamila. That's right. Clearly, it's clearly it's Kamila. I remember watching in the Oakland Hills, Northern California, um, the, the, the the landscape turning from green to brown, and everyone from my mother, our teachers, the radio DJs, KDIA, <laughs> Lucky Thirteen. <laughs> Um, saying how important it was to conserve water. <laughs> Such a funny topic, drought. And <laughs> she still has a smirk on her face after she stops laughing about the radio station for why ever, whatever reason that was so funny. I don't understand the humor there, Kamala. Uh, it seemed Kamala? like if you're watching the video, like she must have been looking at somebody in the crowd who was maybe from that station. Still, though, like, yeah, you, you're talking about the sky turning brown, like biblical end of days sounding stuff. And and it's hilarious. So Josh, yeah. she's the gift that keeps on giving. You know, we haven't touched on it all. like the jelly of the month club. <laughs> what we haven't touched on at all um, is Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Is that something that? that we should even talk about okay there is there I, is I have, a justified there is absolutely a, a yes. angle to that story that okay. is relevant to our show let me give you my initial i'm not going to dive into the i'll let you carry that load but i have pretty much tuned out on the whole thing like oh god why this is what americans care about they're trying to take our guns away we don't have formula to feed our kids like we've got a, a border crisis going on Dude, in south texas it's amazing for about tv distractions that's bit gotten to a domestic quarrel. I don't give a crap, but yes, by there is... design, bro. What you just described is by design. Yeah, right. Sussman was going on simultaneous to this. Here. That's right. That's right. Sussman was going on simultaneous to this. Yeah. You're not allowed to put a camera inside a federal court, but you can put one inside this state courtroom, where two gorgeous, beautiful, super, you know, celebs, one of whom is one of the biggest celebrities of the last thirty something years. Yeah, dude, it was. The time, everything about it by design. Pay attention to this. Don't worry about the formula shortage. Don't worry about the fact that we just authorized five point eight billion dollars in student loan forgiveness. Don't worry about you know the fact that the president is senile and can't put a sentence together. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Check out these two beautiful people who kick the shit out of each other and crap in each other's beds, like a cat. 
crapping in your bed. <laughs> anyway, I agree with the sentiment. That's not what she, <laughs> but okay. So that, that's your general take is just like, why does anybody care? Yes. Okay. But I know well, like societally, so from a societal standpoint, there is a silver lining to the outcome. You know, what's funny, man, is I, I never watched um, like Breaking Bad. Me neither. Uh, yet, because at the time back when it was on, I listened to the ticket. I was like always up to speed on what was going on with it. Right. Um, there's a dozen. I don't, I haven't watched a tell the only television series that I've watched in a decade was Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's the only one. But yet I know about all these, you know, all of these pop culture things because of the media that I consume where they're talking about it, right? Mm. So the same goes for Depp and Hurt. I didn't look up uh, videos, news, no- nothing. The one time I entered into Google anything about it was yesterday when I saw that the judgment had come down in Hurt's in, in Depp's favor. I wanted to know. I wonder what it is. I wonder what he won. You know, I just was interested in like, what did the jury rule? For the mm-hmm. record, they ruled in his favor on three counts of defamation, basically, and like a fifteen million. Fifteen million dollar, yeah, jury award, which she'll never pay, but that's a whole separate conversation. Well, he's gonna go after Disney now. Uh cool. Hope he does. Wrongful hope termination. He a, hope he wins a hundred million from them. <clears throat> but um the big angle here that's relevant to our show, uh, and that is absolutely in the media as I speak is the uh, Me Too Mm. part of it, right? There are headlines today. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Headlines today saying that um, the ruling has taken away a woman's right to uh, bring these matters to light, basically. It's like Huh. It has? Wow. That's a that's kind of amazing. Um yeah, it's not just popping right up for me. Let's see. Oh, it's okay. I saw uh one of my favorite accounts is Tim Kennedy, former MMA yeah, yeah. UFC guy. And he kind of opened up on his Instagram saying he was in an abusive relationship, like where the woman was physically in uh emotionally abusive and he he was like this is a great thing for for men to be able to not be guilty until actually proven guilty you know even though society certainly the media condemned johnny depp before the it ever even went to trial just assumed he did these things well the whole thing was an article that she had published i think in the washington post Mm -hmm. making all these lies yeah, Washington Post. I'm looking at it right here. Okay, here's here here's kind of the gist of it. Oh God, this one is oh wow. <laughs> this is from something called BizPack Review. So take it with a grain of salt. But the headline is: Turns out Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial is a message to black women everywhere. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. This one, Johnny Depp verdict is a setback for women. Of course. This is from MSN.com. So this is at least getting into the realm of something that, you know, is supposed to have some clout. Uh, 
Microsoft News, Depp verdict will, quote, absolutely have a chilling effect for women. The hashtag MeToo movement legal analyst tells MSNBC. There you go. So there's your MSNBC weighing in. No shock claiming that, you know, this is some sort of tragedy. Tragedy. A guy's got, a guy got his good name back, which was stolen from him by his Listen. psychotic ex-wife. So again, I, you know, I, I heard enough about it through the different things I listened to. You know, none of the shows I listened to like spent whole episodes on it, right? But they would sort of touch on it. Hmm. And I, you know, your in, my Instagram feed would would have these videos of her sitting there making a fool of herself and the hilarious faces that Depp would be making and his lawyer would be making and all that, right? Megan Kelly covered it a fair bit, and it, you know, they had a toxic, toxic relationship. Johnny Depp has some personal work to do, from what I can tell. He is uh, drunk. Uh, drug addict, wild ass, who needs to simmer the hell down and grow up. He's in his 50s. Um, he had no business with that woman in the first place, but she's clearly a crazy person and lied about, it seems, the majority of what she claimed he did, right? But there's text messages he sent her where he said things a man should never say to a woman, right? There's Didn't recordings. Did she put a cigarette out on his face? Did she put one out on his face? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, she did. There was a claim he put one out on her. Oh. Um, see, I don't need, I, I, maybe. Okay, I well, well, that's not My, my, my main point is, like, it's not as though Johnny Depp doesn't have some culpability here. Right. right. But to the point you were just making, she lied about him, decided to make a martyr of herself by publishing a bunch of those lies, and got what's coming to her. And, man... I may have talked about this on the show before, but to win a defamation suit as a public, uh, you probably know about this stuff, but the, um, what do you call it? It's, uh, uh, you're in the public eye. People can pretty much say whatever they want about you. Yeah. There's a, if you've placed yourself in the public arena or something like that, then you kind of, yeah, you, you have to prove basically, and if you're a private citizen, well, she cost him. So I think the Pirates of the Caribbean was set to make more movies, and obviously he was going to get paid for that. And she she cost him those jobs. So I right, don't know if that's well, hundred million dollars or what it was, but and that's it may where be he that, had a leg to stand on, and so in future work because she she made him uh, you know toxic to Hollywood. Nobody wants to touch a a, a, a woman beater. Well, so uh, public figure, that's what they, that's what, how they refer to it. it. The point of this higher level of protection for defamation, uh, you know, against defamation of a public figure is basically like to allow the news media to do its job, right? Like, for example, mm -hmm. say a politician, say something comes out of politician about a politician and a reporter does some decent due diligence and then reports on the story. And then it turns out after the fact that it's half true or it wasn't true at all, but, you know, the person had done their diligence, right? They, they were trying to protect freedom of the press when it came to, you know, keeping public figures accountable, right? And then that has, that kind of bled into people we shouldn't really care about, right? Like 
who gives a crap what the news reports about a Johnny Depp versus right. uh, Joe Biden, for example, right? You know, it makes sense, I guess, is my point when you're talking about public figures who have some kind of governing authority, right? Some kind of power in the world. Johnny Depp is just a movie star, a huge one, but he doesn't have, you know, he hasn't been elected to anything. He doesn't have any yeah. stroke in the grand scheme of things. So the point is maybe the part of what was different here is that you had the allegations coming from someone who was making direct claims about something he did to that. Like there's a, it's a two part test. They have to have knowingly lied basically for the purpose of defaming, I think is how that, how that plays out. And it's like, clearly that's what happened here. Right. Mm -hmm. as opposed to like journalistic malfeasance where somebody just threw something against the wall and it turns out it wasn't right. didn't stick. Right. So anyway, but yeah, um, a blow to me too, which Kamala single-handedly killed already. But if you, if you go back to 2000, whatever that was 18, I guess when we were being told you have to quote, believe all women, this is a blow to that, but that was BS to begin with. And most women agree because you don't believe all of anybody. Right. And it's the antithesis of due process, right? Like they're trying to undermine and attack the concept of due process by saying that men have always held power over women. And so you shouldn't have to face your accuser necessarily because that puts the accuser in the position, in this, in this oppressed position. Right? So you should just be able to make your allegation and because, well, so many men have been abusive, um, you know, it's more guilty until proven innocent. Right. Mm -hmm. um, to your point about what Tim Kennedy was saying, and I think Depp himself had a statement sort of on that point, like this is a restoration of that concept. Even, a, even one of the most famous movie stars in the history of the world who himself is worth I don't know, a half a billion dollars um, deserves the right to face his accuser and be compensated if that person is a liar. Yeah. This lady is so crazy, dude. Do you know she's from Texas? She's an awesome. She cut his finger off. Yeah, yeah. That she did do. I know that. <laughs> cut yeah, part yeah. of his finger cut off. Cut his finger off. Yep. Crapped um, in his bed. Crapped in his bed. Weird yep. way to say I love you. Uh, one last note here and then We'll wrap this up crazy person. so you we talked about the uh sussman case and him being acquitted last episode and you said watch for the headlines <laughs> and just to just kind of validate what you said we all knew it was coming rolling stone yesterday trump's crusade to prove the russia investigation was fraudulent is collapsing that's the title and then the subtext michael sussman former lawyer for hillary clinton's campaign found not guilty on a single count of lying to the fbi but we all know he lied to the FBI and we know that that's not what happened. And it didn't say anything about FBI corruption and a technicality leading to his acquittal. It's all Trump did Trump's crusade. Trump's crusade. if any of that's in there, Dude, it's buried on like paragraph 22. Did you see uh, I reposted uh, Russell Brand's um, recent video where and he's still a Democrat, but he's he goes on this rant about. Stop saying Trump. Trump's been gone for two years. We can't yeah, keep blaming everything on Trump. Trump yep. this, Trump that. And of course, he's doing it in his British accent, which makes it even 10 times better. Uh, but yeah, it's like, 
finally someone saying, let's stop blaming Trump for everything. Yeah, no, that's a good I mean, point. He's been Russell, gone for quite Russell, a while. Russell Brand seems to be the most base person on the Internet now. Um, I don't think he's a Democrat. I mean, first of all, he's a well, person, he said right? we. So, so it made me think he's associating it with the Democrats. Maybe he was just using it figuratively. I don't know. But I, yeah, I well, think yeah. he's kind of like Joe, you know, starting to get that red pill. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think Joe's way further down that road than Brand is in the midst of his awakening. Um, I think some, I do think Joe, it's funny because just the other day he said, as though it was ancient history, I've said for a long, I, I used to say that I am still a liberal, I'm still left. Yeah. Left specifically left wing, something like that. And, and he's like realizing he's not. And I'm like, it was like the week before the last time I heard you say that I'm left wing, <laughs> <but> whatever. <laughs> like, I think, I, you know, and, and I hope, I think that people who whose opinion matters to him when they hear him say that reach out to him. And they're like, Joe, do you even know what left-wing means, dude? You're not a left-wing person. You never have been. You're a liberal. Those two things aren't the same thing. Yeah. Well, here, let's just listen to it. Cause it's, then we'll, we'll be done here. But Russell Brand kind of love his accent. Trump ain't president no more. Trump ain't making no decisions anymore. You can't blame Trump anymore. You can't every night go, Trump done this, Trump done that. What people are starting to realize is that Trump was rating steroids and that Trump was a useful gargoyle to focus the attention of emergent progressive politics because he's this ultra macho child's drawing of a president we've called him before. And now that that threat doesn't exist, it has to be revitalized. Instead of, you know what else you could do? Focus on real politics. Focus on making ordinary people's lives better. Instead of saying, oh, oh America, America, oh, America, America, Start thinking, how can we improve the conditions, taxes, financial situations, social conditions, tensions between different communities? What can we do? We're in power now. No excuses anymore. We can make the changes we need to make. It's a bit more complicated wank it out i love it dude it was brilliant I, it. I don't think he meant we as though he's on their side necessarily because there sounded okay, like there yeah, was an was attack on using it figuratively yeah, yeah. yeah there was yeah. an attack in there specifically about how they used trump to hide their progressive agenda yeah, which I can guarantee you, if you asked Russell Brand five years ago if he was a progressive, he'd have absolutely said yes. So there's a lot of people that don't live in this country that really focus on American politics, and that's kind of we set the stage. They're looking to us. Okay, is yeah, he, that's what happens when he's he been fifty LA years playing world police. England, like where's where does, where's the dude live? No, oh, I think he lives in England. He does. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean he probably has a place in california maybe somewhere but his primary residence is in the uk sure so uh <clears throat> when i was in maui last week i watched uh it was so appropriate too because it was uh forgetting sarah marshall <laughs> he's great ah, that movie. yeah yes yeah. yeah inside of you <laughs> Dude, the scene where he's doing a full full on uh like bridge back bend and she's on top of him it's yeah. just impressive like <laughs> you realize he does a lot of yoga he does. He also is a jujitsu, uh, like, uh, I think he just might have made purple or even brown belt. Hmm. Uh, he's a fascinating cat, man. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of Brent. Uh, well, I guess the, the thing I would like to end on is that uh, hopefully by the next time we record next week sometime, we'll be able to tell you guys a little bit about uh, What is a Woman? Yes. The new, the new documentary from 
the Daily Wire and uh, Matt Walsh in particular. I'm like 35 minutes into it. It's just under an hour and 40 minutes. I think it's like an hour and 38. I'm super excited about this. Dude, I like I had a trailer and was like, I can't wait for this to come out. I am absolutely today at some point going to try to make sure I, I don't know if I imagine Matt Walsh has to have a podcast. He definitely has a sh- has a show on the Daily Wire, like a like a video show. Mm. Um, man, he's awesome. I've heard him talk a few times. I think we brought him up before for something else. Maybe it was this t- type of stuff. Yeah. Um, he's funny, dude. His dry sense of humor. The way he looks at these people while they're asking him, while he's while he's asking these questions, and he's get like you know he's he interviews a lady a lady pediatrician from from Boston, pedi- a pediatrician, a child doctor, an actual medical doctor, who's advocating that you should give children hormone blockers when they tell you they think they're in the wrong gender. Hmm. Um, he interviews a professor. Uh, let's not get. I don't. Let's not get too far into it because we're going to review it for next show. The faces that he makes in this first thirty something minutes, and that just the way he twists these people around is quite entertaining. But I, I had a feeling they kind of ease you into it because the trailer shows some more of the more contentious moments, mm. and I haven't gotten to some of those yet. So I think they like ease you into it, and then it, and then it gets a little bit heavy in the middle. Uh, the guys at the Daily Wire actually said that in a podcast they did yesterday. Mm. Anyway, so we, we'll go deep into that. Um, I can. I, I would just say there's there's a handful of outlets out there, and I think the Daily Wire is chief among them that are uh, on the vanguard of the culture war, and we are in a legit culture war. Like that's what this is. This is a an, a war of ideologies. With real world implications, um, thankfully it's not a hot war of guns and ammo, um, but it is a war of of what is true, right? Mm. And so the Daily Wire—that's why we're here. Know, they used to just do articles and podcasts. Now they're making movies, uh, making documentaries, uh, making razor blades. <laughs> um, do you know about that? Oh, I've seen the ad for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This company called Harry's Razors, which is one of those mail mail order uh, subscription razor blade companies. They uh, went woke and like canceled somebody for saying something that was, uh, you know, true. And so <laughs> Jeremy Boring, who's Ben Shapiro's partner in the Daily Wire, was like, OK, well, let's just start selling Jeremy's razors. And they did yeah. like six million in orders their first day. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, man, it, uh, this so they got they got attacked last night. The website, it went live last night. That. Yep, at 7 p.m. Eastern time or our time, 8 p.m. Eastern time, it went live. You've got to pay for a subscription to the Daily Wire to access it. It's like 12 bucks a month. It's not terribly expensive. I think you can pay for like one month and get the show and cancel it if you want. Um, but you know, it, it makes them look so bad. Which, like, he he points out in a Tucker Carlson interview last night. None of this stands up to the slightest bit of scrutiny. That's why they cancel Ben Shapiro from going and talking in college at colleges, right? That's why the left refuses to debate the right. That's why Harvard studies have shown that leftists consume exclusively leftist news, yet conservatives, it's like a 60-40 split. Conservatives want to know what the other side is saying. Mm. Leftists don't. Because Dude, I spend more what happens is you get confronted with CNN. reality. And MSNBC than I do on Fox News. 
I know I can hardly go on to our Instagram page because when I do, the whole feed is just full of idiocy. <laughs> well, hey, you can contribute to that too. You know, it doesn't have to just be me posting. Yeah, no. Which you did, you did well there for a little stretch, and then you kind of went awol yeah, again. Yeah, well, so dude, it'd be one thing if I was posting on my page all the time, which I'm not. So, okay, yes, sir. Trump ain't president no more. All right, we got to get. Uh, thank yep. you guys for tuning in to episode 80 of Justified Pursuit. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith, and we will see you guys next week. Inside of you, the restless fun that dreams. Inside of you, this king has found his queen.